Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome. I have Morgan Day Sissel on the phone and we just had a whole talk about how God knows what to call her, but today it is Feminine Holders Guide, founder of the Sophia Sessions of Romance and Adventure. Um, My work with Morgan has involved really, really beautiful um, yoga and meditation. She also dabbles in breath work and in um, all sorts of coaching and she's basically just an amazing human if I have to give her an official title so hi hi today I'll be an amazing human (laughs) I like that (laughs) hi I'm Morgan I'm an amazing human (laughs) Kristen says so (laughs) thank you for having me here yeah, no problem. So Feminine Wholeness Guide, sounds like you're going to just be whipping out some organic tampons at some point. So tell me what wholeness means in that I context. Know. First of all, feminine is a word that's taken me a while to even feel comfortable saying because, of, I mean, I think my whole life in the, until the past couple of years, it was only associated with feminine products, tampons, yes, pads, whatever. I feminine hygiene. I know that's the only relationship with it I had at all. So I really didn't like the word feminine, and it's kind of like, ooh, like don't say that word, like just kind of creepy crawly. But I've really come around to it, and I've really um, kind of reclaimed it for myself. <laughs> so for me, and it was by way of actually, you know, my my work and meditation and yoga, and just really coming to understand the feminine as our access to the present. And also as a doorway to so many other good things that we want and need, like tenderness and pleasure and laughter and ease and delight. Um, so I'm reclaiming the word feminine and really encourage other people to too, because we actually really need it. We actually need a redeemed relationship with it. And then wholeness I see as um, just the expression of our original essence. It's just, it's like all things, everything belongs, like our wildness, our primalness, like our creativity, um, basically who we are before cultural and religious conditioning set in and kind of stamped a lot of that out or down. Um, but the good news about wholeness is I feel like it's still very much intact in all of us. And so it's, we're all on this journey, whether we realize it or not, to 
reclaim it and to come back into connection with it and to own it for ourselves and to live from that place where we're really alive and living as who we were designed to be. That was a mouthful. And what do you find? <laughs> no, that's, that's good. That's good. So yeah. when you talk with women about wholeness, it probably doesn't start in the happy, alive, joyful, dancing around the fireplace. It probably starts, I'm guessing, in shame or fear or both. Like what do you find yeah. over and over when you start conversations about wholeness? I find that there's like an immediate resonancy. Like people like hear that word and it's something like pings inside of them and they they feel it, they get it, they long for it. Um, Thomas Merton is the one who actually coined the term hidden wholeness and he talked about Thomas Merton was this beloved Trappist monk, um, kind of like crossing, like, talked a lot about the connection between Eastern wisdom traditions and Christianity and he was really a mystic and he coined the term hidden wholeness and um, just spoke about how underneath everything there is this um, immutable hidden wholeness and it's beautiful and it remains intact and we're not broken. I know that's something you say a lot, Kristen, like we're not broken, like stop seeing ourselves and identifying with ourselves as broken. We're actually whole. So what I see when talking with women over and over again is that they immediately like, yes, they want this, they resonate with it, but then it's also followed by either huge amount of fear or anger. Like sometimes the response, like when a woman is um, kind of awoken in some way, like her response is like to push it back as far away from her as possible. Because what I found is that like when we start to um, remember kind of like this, what has been lost to us, this like freedom, this permission to be who we are, this expression, like it's terrifying because this is something that I've found in work around sexuality is that pleasure is associated with danger. And so pleasure automatically triggers shame. So, um, yeah, when women, they, they're, we're all drawn to it. We all want to live true. And I mean, we all want to know who we, who we are deep down, but it's like this, like, you know, a couple steps forward, a couple steps back. It's like this wavering, like, do I, I want this, but I'm also really terrified of it because I don't really know what the costs are involved <laughs> if I go down this path and if I start really exploring who I am underneath the cultural conditioning. Um, or, yeah, and so I noticed that there is a lot of fear and then um, the next thing may be anger. <laughs> so just realizing, you know, how much has been maybe lost or stolen from their years, spent a lifetime maybe seeking um, a smaller experience of being a woman than what they really are made for. Um, hmm. So how do they come to, or how do you um, recommend sort of a first step of, your, we're in this very small experience of being female, and then there's yeah, fear and anger I, when, when you see a different way. And and then <laughs> and then dot dot dot. What do we do about it? It's actually so simple. The first thing I always do is guide women back to their breath, because um, the breath, for one, it 
it is this experience of the intersection between spirit and body, between something that is beyond us and bigger than us, and then just something that's so visceral and close. Um, it's required for aliveness, and there's just really an epidemic on a practical level, you know, the breath. If we want to live a life fully alive, then we need to, like, first of all, connect to the very thing that's giving our aliveness. And there's just really an epidemic of shallow breathing. And so just on a practical level, like um, connecting back to the breath helps us viscerally like, connect to a bigger experience of being alive in a moment. And the breath always brings us back to the present moment. And that's really like where we need to begin to connect to ourselves and to connect to the feminine and then find our way back like breadcrumbs back to that hidden wholeness place. And coming from my background in Christianity, I love that the Hebrew word for breath is ruach, and it's a feminine word. Um, and I just feel like it's the most simple, the most practical um, and sacred place to begin is just learning how to breathe again and to slow down and to to really enjoy the breath, like to find like, oh, this is so nice. Like just to sit and breathe for a while. Like there's like a real sweetness and bliss and tenderness to that. Um, that we, it's like we get the immediate benefits. We can feel it after spending, you know, five minutes just um, slowing down to breathe. And so um, that's where I always begin when I start talking to a woman about or desire to feel more whole or full, feel more alive. It's it's must begin in the body. Like it's we spent so long trying to look for our way out of <laughs> a better life just through um you know, just the intellect and through spirituality that's just kind of focused on the mind and thought and ideas. And and that's really a masculine way of doing things. Like everything is focused up and out. But the feminine is really about down and in. So it's coming back into the body and um, coming back into ourself. Breath, breath. <laughs> I really love the breath, Kristen. So you better watch out. We could spend the rest of the time talking about the breath. Um, and what do you find women find in the breath? Is it is it simply a matter of finding a way back into the body? Do you find that? I'm leading the questions. Um, yeah. I guess a, it's, it's a fair actually, question. Do you, yeah, the breath tells us a lot about actually our deeper, what's happening on a deeper level. Like the inhale and the exhale, like mimic all things in life. Like if we're good at inhaling or if we're good at exhaling, that really tells us a lot about who we are and how we relate to the world. And so good at inhalers, for example, are those who aren't afraid to re receive, those who aren't afraid to like, take up space in a room like good inhalers are your your actors and your actresses and the ones that are really assured of themselves and confident and their their inhale is reflected in their bank account usually like <laughs> their bank account's pretty flush too like they're good at receiving um but good exhalers um tend to be the healers tend to be you know social workers tend to be anyone working in the healing arts and we're a lot better at um, letting go, we're actually a lot more comfortable with death, and because the exhale really is that mimicking of death, um, we're better at pouring out, and um, uh, our bank accounts may reflect that. 
So we, when we start connecting to how we breathe and our own breathing patterns, it's like this insight into our relationship to ourselves and our relationship to the world around us. And what it means to be a better inhaler or a better exhaler is just like where do you feel most comfortable? Like when you're sitting in meditation or at the end of a yoga class, do you enjoy the inhale more or the exhale more? Or if you slow down and you start really paying attention to what it feels like to breathe deeply, where do you feel the breath get caught? Um, if it kind of gets stuck, you know, for me, for instance, I much more enjoy the exhale. I love emptying out. When I inhale, I feel like it gets stuck kind of around my rib cage, and it's really hard for me to feel like I can breathe all the way into my belly. That's just an, an example. Um, um, but for other people, maybe it's like they love, they can totally take in a deep breath and they feel their belly fill up and their chest fill up, but like when they start to exhale and there's like this panic feeling and they don't feel like they can get all the breath out. So the breath is actually a really revelatory tool about our own inner psyche and where we're at maybe spiritually and it can also then guide us. And when we begin working on either the inhale and the exhale, um, it's other areas of our life begin to maybe soften and the blocks start being removed too. A lot yeah, of women, I would say, someone not good, yeah. If someone what? is not good at either. So if someone is a shallow breather, they're not good at either. And so they uh, will instantly spiral into shame about like, oh God, I'm not good at breathing. <laughs> Where do you? <laughs> well, people, yeah, people. Uh, we can normalize this by saying there is truly an epidemic of shallow breathing. I mean, most everyone walking around on the planet are shallow breathers. I would say, at least in the Westernized world, and that has to do with also we're we're pretty uh, outward focused, and um, we are moving pretty fast. And most people would say that life keeps getting faster and faster, and there's a feeling of being in a rush and there's a feeling of I just can't catch my breath I mean that's a metaphor we use for like how busy our life is but it's true too on physiological level where our body isn't getting the oxygen it could really use to thrive more so um, we just don't have the same practices or even the same lifestyle that we once did and so we need a more intentional practice to slow down Um, and I don't think everyone needs to become meditators or yogis or anything like that but it just what is something you love to do that helps you slow down and get into your body like literally climb down out of the control tower of your mind and <laughs> come into your heart I mean I have to visualize that Kristen I'm like okay now it's time for me to climb down <laughs> I see this ladder from like my prefrontal cortex my forehead just down into my heart and sometimes I sit in meditation and that's where I begin is just that simple visualization like okay I'm leaving the control panel now and I am going down to sit in a hammock (laughs) and I just imagine there's a hammock strung up between my two collarbones and I'm just going to rest here in my heart and just rest so and breathe. Because the control tower, yeah. I didn't spend any time in the control tower until I was like 23 <laughs> or out of the control tower. Like I was right. always up in, up in there because that's, that's how you're taught to do it. And, if, and, and this is what I find so fascinating is that when we like go about our day and we're walking even down the street outside, like I feel like we're all walking from our foreheads. 
like we're just but we forget like we are we have these legs we have these pelvic bowls and like there's more our consciousness doesn't exist behind our eyeballs like our consciousness is streaming throughout our entire body like and so one of the things I do when I'm leading retreats with women I just teach them how to walk from their pelvis again like just so like the feel their center of awareness instead of being you know in the center of their foreheads let the center of awareness be lower like down and in and what definitely changes the way we walk even and it changes the way that the energy we put out and it I mean it's it's trying it you'll just see like people respond to you differently like you literally your gait will kind of change because you'll you'll slow down your walk and it'll feel a lot more rooted and confident and they'll just something shifts something shifts when we recognize that we can live in other places of our body instead of just our head. And my experience has been is that when I play with living in my pelvic bowl, which is like for the feminine so important because it's a place that we've been very distanced from, like culturally we've been like encouraged not to connect to that place in our body. Um, We've been afraid of it. It's been a, a zone of like disdain and dishonor and dirtiness. And so learning how to live in there again and, and redeem that place has, has given me, and I've seen a lot of women, like literally, like, it, they can stand on the earth. Like there's a sturdier stance on the earth. There's more power in, in the way they walk and um, more joy too. And it's like this like ability to um, draw from a deeper well. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't even know what we were the tangent was, but there we go. I'm <laughs> talking about live from our pelvic bowls. Um, I think that's the beginning is, of um, when people get super disconnected. That the how do you even begin to come back into it? And giving really practical yeah. ways to get back into your body is super super helpful. What do you yeah. wish that women knew or could see about themselves in all of this? Yeah, I really want every every woman to know that all parts of who they are belong. I feel like so much um, internal turmoil happens when we've, like, really condemned a certain part of who we are, whether that's the bitch or the the naughty girl. That just, like, we've labeled something inside of us, and it's, you know, if you're familiar with any shadow work or... You know, and I think there's a lot of value to really understanding what parts of ourselves we've decided don't belong and then deciding it does belong, that all of us belong, and that I really feel like part of the genius of being a woman is, like, we can embrace all of our contradictions and, like, if we just own it, like, I love personally owning the nun in me and the Bond girl. Like, I just love, like, some of these or, like, just the, the naughty girl. Um and the slut and like the sophisticated, the wisdom, the wild. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like a lot more self-love personally when I decide that these these parts of who I am, they all get a seat at the table and I'm going to decide to love them and then hear what they want to tell me. And that I don't have to be so afraid of the part of me that is just wild and hell-bent on self-destruction or hell-bent when I just welcome her in and I just ask her what she needs me to know about her or what she needs me to hear. And I think that extends to like how we then see other women 
in that when we judge other women, we're just judging ourselves. And it's just we don't have time for this anymore. Like, if we're going to change the world, we cannot waste any more energy and life force um, judging other women and tearing them down And because we're really just tearing ourselves down. It's just some aspect of our shadow that we've decided that doesn't belong, and it's being reflected to us in another person, and it scares us to death because it's, you know, threatening to wake up something in ourselves, and we just push it away, and so much energy is doing, you know, we're going that direction. So I just want all women to feel safe in their own bodies with all the parts of themselves that they've decided don't belong. I want them to reclaim it. And I feel that would go so far for just feeling like it's safer to connect to other women. I think a lot of us women have a hard time connecting to ourselves, and we also have a hard time connecting to other women because it doesn't feel safe. And for right reason, because women can be cruel, to each other and it doesn't feel safe because we have been judged and we have been shunned and we have not belonged in certain circles and so um, for me I found like my way back to belonging is just to decide that I belong in my own body first and foremost and reclaim that relationship there and then also I all parts of me belong that there is some genius in these contradictions and I don't have to decide um, one over the other. They, they all serve a purpose and, and learning how to integrate them is, is a form of maturity. It's, this is what real maturity is not finally getting over your bitch or finally, you know, um, finally exercising the naughty girl. Like, no, she needs, we need her. We really need her. <laughs> um, and so learning how to integrate that, and that's part of wholeness too, is just, yeah, I love I love the idea that everything belongs, and that's a, the title of um, a Richard Rohr book, who I'm a huge fan of. I love Richard Rohr. He's, um, you know who he is, right, Kristen? He's written I so do. much. Somebody um, the Naked to me now. in email yesterday. Yeah, and I'm so excited. He's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Any of his books, The Naked Now, Everything Belongs, um, his most recent one is called uh, Dance. It's it's about the Trinity, and it's like a whole new way of looking at it. He's just a great mystic. I love him. Um, But I do believe that. I think that women need to know that they belong, and we all – need to know we belong first and foremost to ourselves and to our experience, that our experience, whatever we've experienced, and um, it, there's there's space for it. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can you tell me about the Sophia sessions and, and why Sophia, as opposed to other any yeah. other name in the world? <laughs> I just love the name Sophia. It's beautiful, isn't it? Doesn't it sound nice? It does. It does. I just didn't know if there was some story that <laughs> no, I No, it is. I'm just kidding. It is that. I mean, there is significance <laughs> to it, too, but I honestly love it. I mean, I do. I do love it. But Sophia is is the divine feminine. It's it's wisdom, you know. It's um, it's and it's in the Bible. It doesn't need to be in the Bible for me to have significance, but I love that it is in the Bible and that she appears, wisdom appears as a woman in the Bible and in Proverbs. Um, they talk about her as being there at the beginning of it all, 
before anything else was created, she was there delighting, full of joy. joy. And so I, I think that for me, it calls to that we need this remembrance of wisdom that's really feminine and that is pleasure and joy and delight because we're so um, weighed down and it's like the, the scales are very uneven towards the, the productive and towards the more masculine features of productivity and doing and achievement and just so um, the Sophia Sessions is really just us like women and we're here to explore what does it mean to be on this journey of sexual well-being and feminine wholeness and what how do we fall more in life uh, in love with life as women and how do we start healing the things that are pretty unique to to us as women I mean I think that every single human being on the planet has feminine and masculine energy running through them. It's just, we do. We're a combination of the two. But um, our experience growing up, identifying as a woman, like that has really affected our relationships in the world and our relationship to self. And we, for me, it always comes down to, I think we're all here to love to love the most that we can each other and just the experience of being alive. But I know that there are blocks to love. And for me, what I've found is that the blocks go pretty, pretty deep, like pretty deep. And they're actually in the body. And a lot has to do with like what we've decided our femininity means or our womanhood means or our sexuality means or where we've um, really felt and identified with shame instead of power or fear instead of love and belonging. So this space, the Sophia Sessions, I just wanted to create a safe place and, you know, be a resource for other women on this journey that may not have any other place to talk about it, um, that place where they could really embrace, like, all sides of themselves, like the saint in them and the slut in them, and <laughs> they want to explore that. Um, and just like, well, there's no, it's a shame-free zone. We can talk about a lot of things candidly, whether it's breast implants, blowjobs, G-spots, um, how sexuality and spirituality go together and how, how you know, it really is a sacred intersection of the two things. So, um, that's kind of my heart for the Sophia sessions is that women would have a space to explore this and walk this out. And um, I'm there doing teachings every month and doing candid Q and A's where it's really, I love it because women I, they have full permission to ask me anything and, um, and they do. And so the experiences happens on Facebook and the Facebook group and um, all the videos are recorded and you can get, you know, if you're not into Facebook, which I totally understand. I'm not into Facebook, but I'm there because of my Sophia's. But if you're not into Facebook, there are women that just go there and watch the um, the videos. And there are some women that are there every single day, like reaching out in community and encouraging one another and sharing what's going on in their life or sharing questions, um, sharing resources. So it's been going on since November, and it'll go until next November, and it's just, we'll see from there. Brad, and what surprises you about your work with women? (sighs) What surprises me is that (laughs) that I'm actually working with women in some sense. I, like, really was 
one of those girls that like grew up terrified of women and had a lot of issues with just getting along well with girls because I felt there was so much cattiness and hurt and cruelty. And so I spent a lot of my life kind of staying as far away from women as possible. (laughs) And then um, becoming a mother and just I have a daughter now and just like, there was like a lot of healing that needed to happen in my own life. And I realized there was a lot of women out there that um, weren't like I assumed they were. I kind of stereotyped women and, and thought they were this and um, not like me. And what I found in working with women is that women who have um, have really a- awakened to some sort of shame or pain and also have connected to the resilience in them that wants more, that wants freedom, that doesn't want to be held back anymore by either the culture they grew up in or the religion that they grew up in. And they really, really want to live life to the full and want to know who they are. Like, I love those women and we we are so much more alike than we are different um and women are resilient like so resilient which is inspiring to me so putting myself in community um which is like for a lot of women and for me was like one of the scariest things to do um has actually been something that is a big part of healing just being in community like that and I really believe this is that our presence in and, of, in and of itself is healing and so we don't even have to have the answers for one another but when we just show up we dare to show up um, then our presence in itself ministers to each other so I think that um, you know the women that have woken up a lot of times stay on the fringe or stay in their own um, they stay in their own space, and I get that. But when um, we start coming together and just connecting, however that looks, just like just saying, okay, I'm not going to live in my own space. I'm not going to withdraw and figure this out alone anymore. I'm going to I'm going to stay who I am and show up. Um, and then you know we do find each other. We do. <laughs> Thankfully, we don't have to do this alone. And there's a lot of humor that gets to be shared when there's just one other person in in the journey with us. Like we can laugh at ourselves. We can bring a lot more lightness to it than if we're if found. It's like I just stay in my own little my own little space. I tend to um, get less and less funny and find the world less and less funny or reasons to to laugh or smile about. It. So yeah. Yeah, I completely understand the uh, the temptation to withdraw, and then it works. Like eventually, people do stop contacting you and stop reaching out, and you're like, "Oh God, where did it... everyone left me? They all left me." <laughs> like, no, yes. you chose to withdraw, and you and want it's like, "Ooh, I kind of love that," <laughs> right? I, we've all been there. Like, they all left me, and I love it because that's what I really wanted deep down. I wanted to prove to myself that I was unlovable, or I was different, and I just didn't belong anywhere. Um, but I think there's so many ways to belong and maybe this is your experience too. This has definitely been my experience. Like belonging doesn't necessarily look like, um, being the life of the party or talking to everyone or showing up and sharing every piece of your life. Belonging can just be like this, like the spirit of like, yeah, me too. Like there's 175 women in the Sophia sessions, but you know, 
Uh, definitely not all of them are showing up every single day posting something in the Facebook group. Like they're there saying, yeah, me too. And there's a sense mm-hmm. of like, there's a place that I can go to belong, but it doesn't mean I have to be like, and here's my hummus plate for you. And let's, let's, let's do a little dance together. <laughs> and let's do all this stuff. That's like, no, actually there's a sweetness to just knowing that we belong and that we share these common ideals and aspirations and values. And we're walking this journey together alone, but together, you know, and I find yeah. a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. That's beautiful that when we, we make spaces where other people belong first, that's not an easy thing to do. And then secondly, you, there's comfort in just being somewhere safe, even if you don't say a word. Yeah. Yes. Just Good. finally, I mean, that's, so important what I've learned in my work as you know as a sex coach is that if we want to experience pleasure, first and foremost, our psyche, our primal body needs to know it's safe. Like there's no getting to this amazing orgasm without first deeply knowing we're safe. And mm-hmm. and that I mean, it's on a spectrum. You know, if we want the pleasure of community, we absolutely have to feel it's safe to be vulnerable. And there's just not a lot of genuine spaces out there where it's safe to be um, vulnerable in the full spectrum of vulnerability. It's like there's certain places where you can go and you can share this this side of who you are or that side of who you are. But the things that tend to get like polarized, like spirituality and sexuality, for one, like those are genuinely on opposite poles. And it's not safe to be equally vulnerable spiritually and then turn around and be equally vulnerable sexually. Like that's not where you, you don't do that in church. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you do not. You don't really do that like, at a club either. Like, like so um, it's rare, I think to, and I bet, but I think that's so important for being a woman is like that, that vulnerability where it's like our spirituality is actually very primal and very sexual. And it's not like in this, are you there? Did I just lose you? I'm here. No, I'm here. I think I don't. Oh, oh, good. I just got a call coming in. I thought it was like, beep, and you've talked too much. We're out. <laughs> <laughs> you just get me going on sexuality and spirituality and boom. Um, yeah. No, I just think it's such a rich, it's a just, it's life. I mean, this is life, the conversation. It's the full range. When we look at the spectrum of sexuality and spirituality, we get to talk about all of life. We get to talk about sex and motherhood and career and community and health and wellness and success and all that. So. <laughs> Brad, what do you wish everyone knew? I don't, I don't know why I wrote this question, but I'm fairly certain it's important. What do you wish everyone knew about tenderness? Ooh, that we can give ourselves tenderness. I want, like, I feel like when I finally realized that, that there was, like, a tenderness that lived inside of me, like, I came home to myself because I wasn't searching for it from somebody else. I mean, it's so beautiful when we get to experience tenderness with another person, but First and foremost, we get to experience this tenderness inside of us. Like it's lived inside of us. And I just feel like that's God. I feel like that's where, you know, call it what you want. Call it where love lives or the universe or your higher power. But like for me, like the visceral experience of what that is, is this tenderness. 
And um, I, I want everyone to know that they don't have to search up and out for it anymore. Like they can go down and in and find it. Yes. Oh, it's so good. Because most people are having like a, a fight club in their head with themselves all day long about how terrible they are and being brutal to themselves. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we don't have to do and that. that was, no, and that was a huge part of my healing journey, too. At first, I, I really, you know, I think this is natural. Like, we identify with one part of ourself or, and we alienate or distance another part of ourselves. And so when I first started doing yoga, I really started embracing my body and I made my brain the enemy and my mind the enemy and my friend you know wise wise mentor of a friend she's like you know what she just listened to me talk about how much I hated my brain and she just listened and she agreed you know yeah yeah and then she's like you know what I just can't wait for the day where you make friends with your brain and I was like whoa (laughs) that can happen that can happen (laughs) and and so it's like I really like I feel like that's part of you know, this learning, you know, how to come into wholeness and like maturity as a woman is like, there is no enemy inside of me anymore. Like Mm -hmm. there are parts of me that I'm learning how to, to love. And um, what I tell my Sophia is that we love ourselves into wholeness. We don't shame ourselves into wholeness or condemn ourselves into wholeness. And so my brain is like trying to protect me. Like, my brain wants me to be alive and wants me to, you know, avoid pain. And so these things that I do that no longer serve me, um, you know, and that's why I, we, we tend to blame the brain is that we're so tired of these loops that we're sent in and that just keep us stuck or keep us small. But um, I'm finding that it's like, wow, if I just learn how to love this part of me and just to, like, let let my brain know I am safe. Let my body know I am safe. Then I don't have to fight so hard. And, um, you know, we just, we, energy is everything. Energy is everything. We just have a limited quantity of it every single day. And it was you, Kristen, who taught me that we only have a certain number of shits to give every day. And once those shits are we, once we've given them all out, we don't have any more. And that's why all of us at 3 p.m. in the afternoon or 4 p.m. were like, I'm done. Like, I just can't <laughs> open up some wine. And so I think we give so many shits to, like, battling ourselves. And I just, I really feel so strongly that learning how to love ourselves into wholeness, like, will not only, like, make us sweeter and softer and more have more pleasure in our life, but it will actually make us much more effective in the world, too. Yes, and I wrote down, um, there is no enemy inside me, only parts I am learning how to love. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. You're yes. like the Dalai yes. Lama right then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what all the mystics say. It's nothing new. All the mystics are telling us this. It's so good. So where do we find you? Where do we find you for the Sophia sessions first and then everything else second? And um, yeah. where, where do we find you? you- you can find it all on breathewithlove.com. There's some free guided meditations on there. There's a feminine wholeness principle, just like easy checklist of how to like experience more sexy sacredness during the day. There's um, there's lots of free resources on breathewithlove.com or morgandaycecil.com. And you can find your way to the Sophia sessions there too. Um, if you scroll down to the bottom 
And um, I will say this, that um, I'm doing a retreat in Italy. And so there's a few spots left. There's four spots left, and you can find more information about the Italy retreat. It's called Sophia Embodied, and um, it's a retreat that's happening in July this summer in southern Italy, Italy. And the quote that kind of sums it up since we're talking about tenderness, um, mm-hmm. it's a it's a quote from St. Catherine of Siena, and she was a total mystic. I love her. And her, one of, in one of her writings, she says, I have seen what you want. It is there, a beloved of infinite tenderness. I have seen what you want. It is there, a beloved of infinite tenderness. And for me, that's what I experience when I slow down and come into my body and really start connecting to the breath and Sophia, which is the feminine wisdom. So that's what that retreat is going to explore. And the backdrop is Southern Italy, which is just amazing. (laughs) Please come. Yeah. That's that's amazing, amazing. Um, Anything else that you wish I would have asked or that you wish someone would notice about you and you're dying to tell everyone? Hmm. I have an amazing husband, and um, he this he he has so much to share for the counterpart of this. You know, the man, the masculine journey is so important too. So um, I think a lot of women are like, man, I'm on this journey and I'm learning so much, but my husband or my partner just doesn't have the resources or just doesn't have the interests. Like, I would love to give a shout out to my husband, who. Um, romanceandadventure.com you can connect with him but I think that there's like there is men are waking up too and they want more than what's been handed to them and they also have their own shit to deal with like culturally and conditioning wise and so if you have someone like that in your life then um, send them to ronsecil.com or romanceandadventure.com is that cheesy to plug your own spouse no I can (laughs) vouch for the fact that he's amazing um, I'm not a dude, so I can't. He can't help me in dudeliness, but you know he's still yeah. amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, excellent. Thanks so much, um, Kristen. Thank you so much. It's so fun. Excellent. Anything else that that I forgot uh, or nope. you want to mention? Oh, very right, cool. You can follow me on Instagram (laughs) when I post there, which is less and less. No, just kidding. I go through these phases, don't you? Like where you're like, I'm all about Instagram. And you're like, I'm done with Instagram. So um, you can catch me in in and out of one of those phases at Morgan Day Cecil or at Romance and Adventure. Perfect. Then let me hit the magical stop recording button. You all know where to go and what to do. And uh, and thank you so much, ladies. I love you. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month. 
on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.